Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. And welcome to episode 240 of Geek Time Radio. I'm back this week with... Kitty, kitty, kitty. Bex. Hello, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? I should have replaced that, that like, the meow with a cough, I think. Oh dear. <laughs> recovered at this point? Uh, my tonsillitis is, is, is gone, yeah. I have recovered. I had three solid days of lying in bed and not even being able to watch television. So everyone's like, you're catching up on all of your Netflix viewing. And I was like, I can't because looking at a screen hurts my eyes. Yes. Having the lights on hurts my eyes. I can't do anything. <laughs> this is really, really boring. <laughs> so... Yeah, that was that was not how I wanted to be uh, spending the best part of a week. It, yeah, exceeding, no. exceedingly boring. Glad that is now done and uh, I can like, get back to actual life. Yes, yes. I, I thankfully, I mean, I, I came down with a sore throat while I was in America, but thankfully that that's all it seemed to be. Uh, I can't get tonsillitis because I don't have any tonsils anymore. So <laughs> I wish I didn't. My doctor was of the opinion that you shouldn't take them out. So despite the fact I used to get it three or four or five times, a year ah. <laughs> they still refused and it's much more complicated to do that as an adult and i don't think i get it often enough now to, yes. to need them removed as an adult but yeah i do get it way more often than someone who talks for a living would like yes yes that's <laughs> the unfortunate thing is like when i lost my voice when i was in america it, it's like great i've got five interviews to do while i'm over here so that's yeah. really helpful well the extra frustrating thing for me is that in that bit where your voice is damaged but not completely gone everyone prefers my voice at that point <laughs> yes. everyone literally everyone's kind of like oh yeah you're ill that's bad but you sound quite good yeah. I'm just like, oh, go away <laughs> go away and it's that's always been the case is that for some reason my voice apparently goes a bit um cabri's caramel bunny when i'm ill <laughs> so when i feel at my worst apparently i sound my best um the the perfect example story of that was years ago back when i worked um testing computer components for computer exchange back when they did that rather than just selling uh, dvds Yes. Um, and every time someone had come into the shop, I'd been ill because <laughs> I got tonsillitis and illnesses so often back then, especially, um, yeah, that, that shop wasn't the best for various reasons. <laughs> and, um, yeah, every time they'd been in the shop, I'd been ill. And then we'd chatted a bit and they seemed like a cool person and we'd chat about movies and stuff. And then um, the one time they came into the shop and I, I was well and I was cheery and I was like oh hey how are you doing and they were like oh, oh I thought you had this this really nice husky voice uh, I, w- I was going to ask you out but now I'm not 
<laughs> and I was thinking, well, I don't care. I had a partner, so I didn't care anyway. But I was just like, yeah, cheers. That's the lovely, one day yeah. I've seen you and there's a smile on my face because I don't feel like death. <laughs> and you're like, oh, no, no, don't talk to you anymore. <laughs> cheers. Funny. <laughs> And, and shallow, unbelievably shallow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I expected them to turn up the next time with like a, a, a large pack of cigarettes and be like, "Yeah, let's start that." <laughs> yeah. um, they didn't come back again. It was no great loss. <laughs> oh, damn! What a shame. Um, so, uh, given that you have been off ill and, and had some time to be able to catch up on things, not all of the time, what have you been watching? Um, I've been continuing to watch. <laughs> Uh, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I still don't know why. <laughs> it's an ongoing thing. I've been tweeting about it going, I don't I don't yeah. know why I'm still watching it, but I apparently am still watching it. So apparently that's a thing. Mm-hmm. It's like the worst, cheesiest, worst ep- written episodes of early Buffy series. It's, it's Right. It, 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 there's something entertaining about it. Is, it's kind of quite an entertaining thing, but yeah. it isn't good. Yes. <laughs> like and and there's bits where some of the effects and stuff i'm like oh those are quite good then there's other bits where it's just really really like oh we've run out of money for this episode and right it's quite inconsistent and some bits are hysterical and it's you could just literally be like there are the actors chewing the scenery there is is michelle gomez just absolutely playing this like this is a pantomime and making it She's she's making it hugely entertaining. She's definitely yes, my yes. favourite thing in it. I won't give away for those who haven't seen the series. I won't give away anything about about her character and things. But she's just hamming it up. Yes, yes, <laughs> she is very good at that. I mean, she's fabulous as Michelle Gomez, but it's, she does that a, so well. It's amazing. She is playing a cartoon villainy type character, and it's hysterical. Michelle Gomez, for those people that don't know that name, is the woman that played the female master. Missy, yeah. yes, yes, yes. To go, she's appeared in a few other things as yes. well. But she is, yeah, she's she's playing it for laughs, and half the other characters don't seem like they are. So <laughs> someone will be kind of like, "Oh my god, is this happening?" She's like, "Oh, how terrible." <laughs> it's in the, the juxtaposition that is, uh, is is brilliant because you don't know if all of them have got the same script or direction going right, on. It's yeah. such a, a weird mishmash of like one character being completely serious and the other one being like, oh no, don't do that. And if, if you were going to do that thing, which you totally shouldn't do, the book you would need, oh, it just happens to be in the school, but don't do that. Although it usually works if you do, but totally don't do that. <laughs> so, and the other character's like, hmm, yes, and thinks she's tricked them into getting the information out of them. It's like, how stupid are you? It's right, yeah. Uh, it's very entertaining, but extremely daft. And the, the acting and the directing is so vastly varied that I honestly have no idea what they're going for with it. But I am still watching it, apparently. Right. So... <laughs> That's I'm I'm calling that my kind of um, trash TV for now. Yes. I think um, I just kind of want to see where it goes. Even though a lot of the twists are quite obvious and preposterous and um, yes. stuff, I'm just kind of it's a bit of a strange cheap roller coaster. It only cost you a quid, so you kind of like, oh, well, I suppose I'll stay for a bit longer. <laughs> yeah, why not? I'll go around it again. It was kind of all right. Yeah. Um, so yes, watching that. Don't know why. <laughs> yes, I watched season two of Altered Carbon that I was obviously hugely looking forward to because I adored the first season. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, um, yeah, I, okay. I, I'm about halfway <laughs> through the second season. I'm I'm yeah. enjoying it. Okay, I just go on. What are your issues with it? It's fine. <laughs> right. There's nothing terribly wrong with it. Yes. Um, it has a lot more of my favourite character. For those who haven't seen the first series of, of Altered Carbon, it's your standard cyberpunk. People can... Uh, there's no death for rich people because you just change bodies. There's a thing in the back of your neck that has your 
your personality in it and you mm-hmm. can just clone new bodies for yourself, swap bodies and stuff. And the first series, I think for me, the problem is the first series had a really interesting plot line that's like murder mysterious. You know, you're trying to sort out all these interwoven plot lines, who's who and who killed somebody. And there's quite a lot of high stakes and it's quite intriguing. And then the second series is dude wants to find the bird he was in love with yes. before the events of the first series. And, and there's other stuff going on as well, but it just, yeah, I don't think I like the central spine of the plot. Yeah. Uh, okay. They've centered it around an emotional core, which I don't think is particularly interestingly or, or well fleshed out. I don't particularly feel for their relationship. And if that's the spine of it and I'm not feeling like I'm, I really care about that bit, that's, yeah. that's, that's a massive problem, even though a lot of the other things going on, I find quite interesting. Uh, and my, I think I mostly, I watched it partly because uh, more cyberpunk is, is always good. And I yes. wanted to see it through and, and it is, it is fine. It's not bad. Um, it's definitely worth watching, but just isn't as good as the first one. But my, my favorite character is, is uh, Poe, who is a hotel, yes. which will make sense when you watch it. And he gets a lot more screen time and was probably the most interesting thing in the series. I wanted to see more about that and more about the AIs and what happens to them when people don't need them anymore. And I found that part of the plot. Yeah, I like that part. Should yeah. have been the core part. Yes, that would have been more interesting. I, I see where you're going with it. I'm mm. sort of with you on, on that as well. Um, I and I certainly don't think it's a problem with Anthony Mackie. I think he's doing a perfectly fine job taking over that lead role. You know, he's he's, he's slightly more likable the way he's playing yeah. it. Slightly more because a lot of people complained about the first series that your main protagonist is kind of stoic and, and boring and just very. He's a very driven unhappy kind of character um and because this series is set 30 years later i think he's changed a bit and the character is more likable like you actually feel like this series he might be able to like crack a joke for example yeah (laughs) yeah i think i think it's just down to what they've chosen to be the core plot they've picked up on something that they felt was like a loose thread in the last series and evolved that into a core one now but i don't think it was it was it was always a background item a motivational background item Mm. that they were utilizing in order to explore his humanity i don't think it needed to go anywhere that i think it worked better as this unfinished piece of his past so yeah i mean do watch it all the way through i'm not saying it's um it's it's terrible it has an an interesting like the, the the last bit of the last episode has an interesting possible setup for the next series as well um i don't know yeah. if they have they confirmed they're doing another series uh they uh, haven't we've... yet i don't think um yeah because they, they've they're, they've filmed that last episode as if they have right um, okay the, the plot wraps up but there's a bit that's kind of a and this could happen next kind of bit which I was kind of like, oh, that's interesting. That's the that, that's the interesting bit. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I, I I do hope they get another series, but I'm worried that the performance of this one might hinder that if they haven't already confirmed it because it's yeah. just it's it's just it's okay. It's nice. It's like you 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 might go on a second date with it, but not necessarily. <laughs> like it's just it's just okay. <laughs> it's that kind of feeling. Um, right. But we'll we'll see. I'd like it another series and for them to pick up the pace again because I think that there is a lot more stories you can tell in that world and a lot more things you can do with it. Yeah, so, I mean it's yeah. it's based off a 
series of books, isn't it? So, I mean, it's not like yeah. they're short of material to use. No, not at all. And um, I haven't read the rest of the books to know if this series has followed what the books did in this series or... I don't know. You know, I don't know if this is effectively like the the middle bit of a, a trilogy of plot or something. <laughs> um, difficult, I, I should probably read sec- the other books. Yeah, the difficult second album. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if I should read the books and see if that's what the issue is there. Right. But yeah, I think it's I think it's a wait and see, but I would I would like them to to do another series and um, hopefully go back to the strength of the uh, storytelling that they had in the first series. Yeah, which would be cool. And um, the other thing I've been doing is I've been playing the Stanley Parable. Have you played that game? I have a little bit. I've not played it a huge amount, but yes, I have played it a little bit. It's wonderfully strange. It is the the Stanley Parable. For anyone who doesn't know, it is a rather intriguing indie game which is basically a it it is a game but it isn't it's a deconstruction of the narrative tropes of computer games yes so uh, that sounds a little bit highbrow it's quite funny though it effectively you can complete the game in five minutes if you do what the narrator says yes the narrator says stanley got up from his desk he went to the door he went into the door on his left he went down a corridor he did this he did that um and you can you can complete the storyline and the narrator's happy or you can ignore the narrator at which point the game decides to get very meta, break the fourth wall and uh, melt your brain into a puddle of existential crisis. Um, And it's extremely clever and well put together. It isn't the the biggest game in the world, but I believe someone said it had 19 different endings. Um, I can believe that. Yeah. Probably done a third of those far um, in two, two and a half hours. Mm. I was, I was, I was playing it on on Twitch, so I was also talking to chat and pausing and things. But it's a, I think there's a good probably four hours worth of gameplay and finding things. Yeah. But it's very witty, very clever. I've forgotten the name of the voice actor again, but it's an incredibly talented uh, voice actor who's narrating the story and. That is one of the the driving forces, as well as all of the small details and things. It started off originally as a Half Life mod, I believe, this game, and then it right. uh, then it expanded into a into a small game, and then they expanded it again, and uh, it became the game that we we now have, um, which you can pick up on Steam pretty cheaply. But it's just it's so funny. You can do things like um go into a like a broom cupboard, and the narrator's like Stanley went into the broom cupboard, even though there was nothing there. And then you stand there for a bit and it's like, Stanley is still standing in the broom cupboard, despite the fact <laughs> there are no interactive objects in this cupboard and it clearly doesn't serve the plot. <laughs> um, and it just gets more and more sarcastic. I won't spoil any of the other things it does, but uh, if you like things like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and Red yes. War and um, these kind of things, the narration style actually reminds me a little bit of Hitchhiker's, in fact. Um, yes, yeah then you will, you will definitely enjoy this game. It won't take over your life or anything, but it is incredibly good fun. And it's a lovely example of people very literally thinking outside the box yes. with how to make a, make a game that's um, exploring a concept while still being very playable, if that makes any sense. Right, yes. Uh, it's uh, a man called Kevin Brightening is the uh, voice actor. There we go. Yeah, so. very funny. The perfect choice for the game as well. Yes, he's uh, he's popped up in a few other game things as well. So, any other things? Those are the mostly mostly the things I've been up to. Trying to still edit all of my footage from Play Expo Margate, uh, where I was presenting on stage. I've, oh, st- yeah. I've still got footage to edit because, unfortunately, yeah, my concentration hasn't been brilliant with being ill, so I am somewhat behind on such <laughs> things. But yeah, trying to get through and edit things is. Uh, 
is is the, is the other one into interviewing um a collector 20 year retro collector with all of the rarest retro things you've ever seen in your life stuff like that cool. uh, i learned lots of things there and yeah that's that's mostly what i've been up to what have you been watching cool. and playing um well they've the new shows i've been watching i mean playing playing wise i've got back into star trek online uh, i'm playing mm-hmm. through that again because they released a new update which uh, has a, a couple of new chapters which are relatively short but it's quite nice to play through some new things and then that it's one of those things with that games is it changes so much and like they introduce the whole so many new things and so many new ways of starting characters and stuff like there's there's a discovery route at the start of that game so you can start in the discovery era and end up okay. in the in the era of the which is sort of post everything else which is what STO is mainly set in so it's quite nice there are lots of different ways of kind of getting to that game and you can you can play as sort of Klingon and there's a whole different starting route of sort of playing as Klingons. There's the traditional starting route of, of starting as a captain in that particular, you know, in the particular time. Um, there's whole loads of different ways of getting into it. So I've just been playing through that again. And uh, some of the missions are the same. Some of them have been tweaked and changed. New things come out as well as, as the new stuff comes out in you know Picard and that sort of thing they've added new bits or they've altered stuff that now doesn't quite fit so they've gone back and yeah. changed things and um, that's quite cool that must add to the replayability if they're updating it in order to keep it in line with the evolving canon yeah they do that quite a lot so it's it's really lovely the way that they kind of put things together and it's there's a lot of replayability with just starting characters from entirely different areas because I mean you can play through an entire Cleon line there's a Romulan line and then some of those missions are the same but quite a lot of them are a little bit different you can play as Federation uh, so there's a whole different bunch of ways you can get into it and and different like tracks and stuff you can take with it so uh, yeah I've been playing that a little bit again and i'm just sort of messing around with that and they they change the crafting system like every so often as well so playing around with that that's completely different to it was last time i played it which was probably about 18 months ago so you know all that stuff is brilliant and uh yeah just having fun with it and it is free to play as well cool. it has got drop boxes and stuff in it but you can basically ignore all that stuff you don't have to open them you can just you know, get rid of them delete them whatever there's a lot of of content which you get just by playing the game anyway so it's, it's yeah as well long as the game play, is fully playable and enjoyable without that additional uh, stuff then that's absolutely. how you monetize correctly yeah absolutely it is i mean you can have a lot of fun playing that game without spending a single penny on it it's really worth playing it's it is really fun uh, i think it's on console as well now so uh, you can certainly get it on pc i think the console updates come out a little bit later but yeah, you can play it on PC, you can play it on console, but it is a really fun game. It'd be one might be one worth you streaming at some point. It's it is because it is free to play and it's it's quite a good game with lots of missions. The missions are basically set up like episodes. So you kind of warp into a system and then you have to do something and they've got a lot of the original voice actors in there. Um some from the original series, you know, Leonard Nimoy did a bunch of things before he passed away. Uh you've got people from Enterprise, you've got people from um next generation and discovery in there and they're all kind of doing voices and stuff so w- well worth playing through if you've not messed around with that already 
in TV terms, though, new stuff, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which uh, landed on E4 this week. I really loved this show. I've seen some kind of slightly snotty reviews about it, and it is silly, and it's over the top. But then, I mean, the description for it, if you don't know the description for it, stars Jane Levy as Zoe Clark, who is a computer coder forging away in San Francisco. After an unusual event, she starts to hear the innermost wants and desires of people people around her through songs so it's it's essentially an excuse for massive songs and dance numbers to pop up out of nowhere um at first she starts to question her own sanity but soon realizes this unwanted cast may just be an incredibly wonderful gift so yeah she'll be she basically she has this this uh, event happens to her she wakes up and she's kind of walking through the center of town and suddenly she starts to hear you know somebody singing this sort of sad song and then it suddenly bursts into this huge dance number where everybody around her is dancing and then it ends and she's like what the hell is going on it ends and they all kind of just revert back and just carry on walking so it starts off there and then of course she goes into her work and she's vying for this position of the lead coder and her rival comes up to her and that turns into a dance number when he's sort of talking about the fact that he kind of never quits and he's always winning and stuff. So it's very silly. It's very heightened. It's very kind of over the top. But I loved it. I think it's got real heart to it. I think it's really well put together. Yes, it's very, it's a very strange, odd, silly concept, but I think they, they manage it really well. It's got, uh, Lauren Graham in it from Gilmore Girls plays the boss of the company. Uh, I don't, she's not done a musical number yet. So we don't know whether she's going to come in. And it's got people like Skylar Astin from Pitch Perfect, Alex Newell from Glee. So people that are, have done musical stuff before. I think it's it's wonderful, it's fun, it's lovely, and uh, Jane Levy is great in the lead of it, just as this really confused person at the centre of it all. So, I yeah, I, I would advise you to go watch it. If you like those sort of slightly off-the-wall musical things, definitely something you should go and check out, but it's up on E4 at the moment. One of the other things I watched was the new War of the Worlds, which is come on to Fox, not to be confused with the BBC's recent War War of the Worlds, which did not go down particularly well. Uh, The Fox War of the Worlds adaptation is from Howard Overman. Uh, Howard Overman is, I think it's the man behind Misfits. Yes, Misfits and uh, did Crazy Head as well and has written on Merlin and a whole bunch of other things. This is far more serious than anything I think I've seen him do before. Um, It's played very, very straight because a lot of those other shows had a very definite comedic edge to them. This is played very, very straight, much more in the vein of something like humans tonally you know so it's 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 sci-fi but it's it's a much straighter kind of sci-fi it's quite dark in places i mean it is war of the world so obviously there are a lot of people getting killed very very quickly i don't think it sticks particularly close to the original story in any shape or form uh, the the basic premise is the same in that astronomers discover this transmission from another the galaxy inevitably aliens start to invade and 
all hell breaks loose as people start to die and uh, there are few pockets of humanity left. So, I mean, the basic premise is pretty much the same, but um, I really liked it. I thought it was a good, solid, dark sci-fi series. Um, I'm really interested to see where it's going. I think it's billed as a miniseries, so it may only be a one-off thing. But it's got uh, Gabriel Byrne in it, Elizabeth McGovern. Um, there's a bunch of French actors in there as well because it's. It, it, I think it's a co-production, so some of it is in French and some of it is in uh, with subtitles, and some of it is in English. So it jumps sort of backwards and forwards. It's mainly English, but there are bits of it that are in French. But yeah, it's. I, I think Howard Overman's done a really really solid job with it um it's really enjoyable it's on uh, fox right now they've released the first two episodes as a double bill and then i think it's going to be revert to one a week from this week uh, but it comes out on thursdays worth going to watch that if you've not seen it i is that one you've looking at i've not seen it there's war of the worlds has never really been something i've had that much love for it's obviously one of those big famous genre defining like apocalypse end of the world type stories and it's one of those things i've read about and it's a very interesting uh the history of the story and stuff is all very Mm. interesting like for example nobody ever thought the uh the radio drama was real that was just a marketing stunt yeah uh, which somehow became like you know people thought oh yeah the first time it was broadcast on radio people thought it was real no apparently they just spread that rumor slightly which was much easier to do back then with no internet in order for anyone to fact check you um and it sort of passed into top field culture but it keeps it gets remade war of the world's adaptations pop up at certain points of our history yes um and they tend to reflect what's going on in the current time in history what is the biggest scariest threat to to the people creating the series at the time so i've always been yeah i've always been fairly interested in it but it's more of a kind of apocalypse end of the world war kind of story than it is really sci-fi they picked aliens because it was something big and um impossible to kind of comprehend and allowed them to have the uh i I, i'm assuming there's no spoiler alert on the end of war of the world at this point but they wanted at the end of it to be obviously nothing to do with what people do there's no kind of heroicness at the end of war of the worlds um yeah which is always quite an interesting choice to have made with them just like ah, and then just they get the cold <laughs> yeah yeah so it's an interesting one i probably should i probably should look into it and see what it's like or maybe to do a comparison of the like most recent one we made over here and uh, and that one or something might be quite yeah. interesting to see what the different influences are the bbc one i didn't actually watch and but generally didn't go down particularly well that's supposed to be far closer to the original kind of radio story adaptation idea and it's it's set in the period or uh, you know certainly a, as a older period piece whereas this is very much a modern day piece mm. and i really like because i love i love howard omen's writing anyway and i it's interesting to see him do something like this which is playing it far more straight than he's done before yeah i hadn't even realized it was him <laughs> yeah i've not looked that far into it i would i would not have guessed that as a uh no <laughs> as a decision no um so i i'm really enjoying it i think it's very well well done it's an interesting adaptation of that story i do wonder where he will go with it and where they will actually end it because 
as I say, although it takes the basic premise of it, it's certainly not exactly the same sort of story. It takes the basic premise of aliens invading and killing a large amount of the population. But that's sort of where the similarities end, I think, more than anything else. Um, so I don't I know. It works better when it's updated. When yeah. it was written, it was set at the current time. It was supposed to be what would happen to us if this happened right now was kind of the premise of it. Yes. So it makes sense, I think, to update it. Setting it historically, I think, has a very different impact. It's supposed to be set now. So it's one of those ones where I'm very much in favor of them updating the time period because it's truer to the original intent. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, the next two shows are somewhat similar in in ideas, I guess. Uh, one is Amazing Stories, which is the new series, which is on Apple. And the other one is the Twilight Zone, which is running on sci-fi in the UK. The new Twilight Zone series that is coming from, uh, well, it's like the third revival of the Twilight Zone at this point, but uh, it comes from Jordan Peele, who serves as a narrator for it. I've watched the first couple of episodes of that the first one that went out over here was nightmare at Thirty Thousand feet which is a guy gets on a plane i mean you know the basic concept of the twilight zone it's an anthology series every story is slightly different they are all based around some weirdness that happens so nightmare at Thirty Thousand feet is a journalist who boards a plane he switches seats with somebody in the new seat that he gets into there is a old mp3 player stuffed in the seat pocket and he takes it out and it has a podcast on it about the mystery of northern gold star flight 1015 and it turns out the flight that he's on is northern gold star airlines flight 1015 so it's telling the story of the disappearance of his own plane uh, that is so twilight zone that is so updated twilight zone that's ridiculous you just yes. like set that back and it would be like somebody gets onto a plane and they find a letter written in the stuff yeah. down the side of the head. like no now it's an mp3 player with a podcast that is ridiculously in keeping with the storytelling style of the older series yeah it is it's a it's a <laughs> really very much a classic twilight zone sort of episode that uh, i think it's really well done i mean you kind of know where it's going if you know the twilight zone stuff you can kind of tell the kind of direction that it's going to head in but uh, i thought it was a good solid way of of announcing it as as sort of because it was such a classic twilight zone episode uh, i'm halfway through the second episode of it which stars kamal najani that's about a comedian who isn't particularly good he's up on stage telling jokes and uh, he meets an old comedian that says, you know, you've got to give more of yourself to it. Once you put more of your life and yourself into it and start talking about things that, that matter to you and about your life, you have to let go. And once you've done that, it leaves you. It's given to the audience and gone. So he goes up on stage, tries it, and then things in his life that he talks about on stage start vanishing. So that's the basic premise for that one. And uh, I mean, I... I started watching that because it's Kamal Najani who I adore and I think he's absolutely superb. I'm in the middle of watching that one right now, but I'm thoroughly enjoying that episode as well. I think sci-fi have actually run all the episodes out. They are running them out weekly, but they actually ran them all out, I think, on the first day and then put them all up on demand as well so i think you can actually just go and watch through them all on demand right now but i am thoroughly enjoying that 
The other thing which is over on Apple is Amazing Stories, which was sort of Spielberg's kind of version of the Twilight Zone, except it wasn't quite as Twilight Zone-y. It was just a sort of bunch of anthologies of these incredible stories. The first one of these is called The Cellar, and it's about two guys that are fixing up a house. They're two brothers. One of them goes down into the cellar because the breakers switched. Uh, it's in the middle of a storm. The pressure drops and something happens and he finds himself in the past. That's the sort of setup for, for that one. That was good. It's well put together. Uh, it's entertaining as well there's only one episode of that uh, but again very similar premise to the uh, twilight zone episodes it doesn't have the sort of dark twist at the end that twilight zone episodes tend to have it's more just a collection of these kind of nice sci-fi based stories so it's sort of like the twilight zone but without that dark twist but both of them i think are, are solid well-made shows worth definitely going to uh, to watch if you've uh, got access to either Sci-Fi and Sky or the Apple Plus setup. I need to get back to watching more Apple Plus stuff because there's things on there that uh, I've I started watching and then I haven't kind of gone back to. So I need to go back and start watching a few more of those. That's the stuff I've been watching this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TV and film news starts off with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. A few cancellations. Netflix has cancelled AJ and the Queen, which was the RuPaul series after one season. Can't say I'm amazingly surprised by that. It didn't seem to grab people's attention as well as they wanted it to, unfortunately. So uh, that won't be coming back. Stars has cancelled the supernatural drama The Rook after one season. Uh, I think that's on Stars Play over here if you want to go and see the one season of that. And uh, Sci-Fi US has announced that The Magicians which is currently on its fifth season. That fifth season will also be its last. Uh, describe this as cancelled-ish because they went into the fifth season not knowing this would be the final season, but knowing there was a possibility this was the final season. So they apparently have written the final episode in a way that could serve as a, an ending to the entire series. So hopefully it rounds off okay and they managed to put that out in some sort of satisfactory way but yeah it it wasn't until they were actually airing this season that they actually found out they were they were not coming back so it is sort of cancelled but hopefully they've managed to round that out all right i don't know did you watch any of the musicians i don't know whether you saw any of that no it wasn't one that i i really picked up i watched a few episodes of it and it was quite good and i quite enjoyed it but um yeah unfortunately after five seasons it's it's not making its way 
back anymore. Uh, it seems to be a, a numbers issue for them because once you get into the fifth season, things start to get quite expensive to make because you've got to up salaries and renew contracts and that sort of thing. And its numbers had been steadily dropping. And I think it just got to the point where it, it wasn't really going to be worth their while to be able to renew it, which is a shame. Over in the UK, Fox UK has picked up Emergence, which is this sci-fi show from ABC. It's coming on the 20th of April at 9pm. They've set the premiere date for. Uh, this was one that when it was initially announced last year, we were kind of looking at it going, this has got one season written all over it. Apparently, it seems quite good, but it's one of those shows that I'm not convinced that ABC were going to renew. We don't know whether it has been renewed yet or not, but uh, we'll we'll have to wait and see. I, hopefully, the fact that somebody has bought it over here is a sign that maybe they are airing towards renewing it, but we'll see. It's one of those series that relies entirely on the twist being good because the setup is so generic. It it relies on the actors being really, really good and the twist being really good. And then depending on how many series they want to push that to, if you want to make people wait on this big twist and reveal, like I almost hope that in that first series, it goes straight for the reveal and then goes for a different type of plot because this whole kind of like mystery, amnesia, there is a child of magic powers kind of plot. It can really not serve you well. Yes. Um, Yeah, I watched the trailer for it and just wasn't sure. (laughs) Yeah, that, that was my kind of feeling there were a lot of those sort of things around i mean when i posted this there was a lot of people coming onto facebook who had had seen it by various means and uh had said oh it's really good it is worth watching um so it's alison alison tolman from fargo as joe evans who is a police chief plunges her family into a deepening mystery when she discovers a young girl played by alexis swinton from billions the night of an inexplicable plane crash in the quiet northeastern town and decides to protect child doesn't know who the child is she's got amnesia so the child doesn't know who she is it's got an investigative reporter who intrudes into Joe's inquiry with his own take on the shadowy evidence of it it's got Donald Faison from Scrubs in it and uh, Clancy Brown from well a million different things I mean the casting's quite good it's just it seems a bit generic in terms of the setup but as I say it feels like a TV movie yeah. rather than a series with the plot and and the way the the trailer is, it, I mean, it didn't look very sci-fi from the trailer, unless the pl- the, the twist is magical powers aren't supernatural; they're alien. Um, which yeah. then, you know, if you're calling it a sci-fi show, seems like the only way that plot twist can go. It's a difficult pitch to do something which contains so many elements we've seen so many times before as a tv series yeah so as i say when i posted it a lot of people said oh this is quite good so yeah i will go and try it when it comes on we'll see it's called emergence it's coming 20th of april on to fox uk at 9 p.m if you want to go and catch that the other big announcement this week was that uh, Disney Plus revealed their full launch lineup for the UK. Uh, despite many rumours floating around the internet, there's no Grey's Anatomy on there. Sky are still trying to sort out a deal for that. It was never going to be on there. That was always extremely unlikely because uh, Disney Plus is a PG-13 platform and uh, things like Grey's Anatomy and 911 and the other shows that we're missing from Disney right now are much more outside of that remit so it was never going to happen but in terms of the stuff that is on there they reckon there's something like 5,000 
various different individual shows on there. They have all of the Star Wars movies, minus Rise of Skywalker, which is coming later. Uh, that includes things like Solo and Rogue One and those sort of individual things. This is all the in-canon stuff. So uh, you've got Rebels, Clone Wars is in there, Forces of Destiny. Um, also, they've got things like Freemaker Adventures on there. Um, what is missing is Star Wars Resistance, the new cartoon, oddly. And I'm not sure why that's not on there, but it isn't as far as I can tell. So you've got all that Star Wars stuff. You've got all the MCU movies, all the live action Marvel TV shows. So that's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Runaways, Agent Carter and Humans. Uh, not things like the Fox show, like The Gifted. Cloak and Dagger doesn't appear to be on there either, as far as I can see, although that may get added later. Marvel's cartoons, such as the 90s Spider-Man and X-Men, Ultimate Spider-Man, Hulk and the Agents of Smash, Avengers Assemble. Uh, I never really did them marvel cartoons i imagine you did the marvel cartoons uh, yes <laughs> <laughs> quite extensively I, i've watched all of those things um they, they are very good the the 90s x-men is definitely worth watching 90s spider-man as well in fact quite a few of those but yeah the 90s ones are, are particularly kind of stand up quite well as being quite faithful to the comics as well right. i was always really surprised because some of the comic book storylines for the x-men are really really dark and they managed to make them work without losing too much of the heart of them, but make them suitable for a 90s children's cartoon. So, yeah, some good uh, creative writing around things that go on in those series, uh, but definitely worth a watch. Yeah, they've got the uh, 1999 Spider-Man Unlimited series on there as well, and the 95 spider-man the marvel's avengers secret wars from 2016 is on there the spider-woman series from 1979 is on there apparently so uh, yes there's a whole bunch of, of marvel cartoons on there if you want those um all the pixar films are on there up to toy story 4 which is 2019 all the ice age films are on there as well because they were originally fox things but of course i've come across all the animated and live action disney films um feature films so you've got they range from like snow white through to the 2019 live action aladdin pretty much everything in between from bambi to mary poppins to you know i mean both the lion kings are on there so not short of like disney animated and live action feature films if you want those disney cartoons they've got pretty much from steamboat willie to the current day uh, so that's things like the new ducktales and the original ducktales series you you've can't say ducktales without saying woo <laughs> <laughs> that's the law <laughs> ducktales woo um, you've got uh six years of the gummy bears on there which had the My best goodness, theme was that six years yes apparently there were six seasons i used of the gummy to bears. love the gummy bears yes. yeah I'm i would still... have seen them all but i hadn't realized it was that much often when you look back at cartoons you watched as a kid including uh one there that you're gonna like... name for a second like gargoyles they were brilliant and there wasn't actually that many episodes of them so yeah there were six years worth of gummy bears wow that's yes. awesome so there's there's lots of episodes and gummy bears still has one of my favorite theme tunes out of all disney cartoons um so there is that uh kim possible on there disney's recess uh gargoyles i think we're two seasons of gargoyles it was um, not enough <laughs> yeah so uh three seasons of gargoyles actually so there's three seasons of gargoyles uh things newer things like jake and the neverland pirates um so yeah and and pj 
game mask and that sort of stuff. So, uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of Disney cartoons on there. Uh, Disney live action TV, things like Wizards of Waverly Place, Raven's Home, that's uh, Raven, Zack and Cody, Casey Undercover. So there's a whole bunch of that stuff. Uh, other movies, you've got things like both the Tron movies, uh, both the National Treasure movies, whole bunch of the Muppet movies, including Muppet's Christmas Carol, all important. Um, <laughs> all the Mighty Duck films are on there, both the Mary Poppins, all the Herbie movies, um, like Herbie Goes to Town and all that sort of stuff is on there, uh, including some like one-off things like The Rocketeer, which was great, uh, and personal favourite, childhood favourite of mine, the uh, 1979 The Black Hole. Have you ever watched that? I don't know. I would have to Google that. It does kind of sound familiar. Definitely. It was sort of Disney's answer to Star Wars, I think, The Black Hole was. Well, it, now I definitely need to Google it. <laughs> yes. Well, if you've not seen The Black Hole, it's one that you really want to go and watch. It's has a, a couple of uh, interesting like robot characters in that but uh, yeah it's it's I, I, I'm not sure how well it stands up now because I haven't seen it in years but I'm so happy that it's on there well they have all the droids cartoons on Disney Plus I'm assuming I, that that's part of the things they must own uh, yes but with the Star Wars stuff they seem to have not put anything which isn't currently canon on there oh, so I loved droids uh, yeah so <laughs> and the Ewoks which obviously isn't canon yes so things like the Ewok movies aren't on there and the uh, you know, holiday Christmas special isn't on there and uh, although <laughs> well, he's arguably, had every copy of that burned hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, from, from, from the ones that are floating around on YouTube it is awful although bits of it are canon at this point so yes that's a slight honesty but um, yes I, I know Lucas wanted that like burnt every copy of that burnt things like the droids cartoons aren't on there because they're no longer canon so they've they've kind of only put the canon stuff on there as far as I can tell things that are missing other things that are missing the Sony Spider-Man movies on there like Far From Home aren't on there so those are missing from there um, interestingly with the X-Men all the later Matthew Vaughan X-Men movies so the younger X-Men films aren't on there apart from Days of Future Past because that was sort of a crossover with the original older X-Men movies so all the original older X-Men movies on there plus one of the Wolverines and it, it's it's an odd mix there are certain things missing but the younger X-Men films aren't on there and I'm not sure why that is and obviously things like the R-rated stuff like Deadpool and Logan aren't on there that's fair enough <laughs> which is, is fair enough yeah so so yeah I mean not none of that's sort of particularly surprising because Sony still owns Spider-Man and that was never going to be on there uh, and then of course you've got the new stuff which is is coming uh, Mandalorian will obviously be on there we still don't specifically know there was rumours floating around that they were going to release the Mandalorian weekly I'm not convinced that's true because that seems like a really stupid thing to do but the Mandalorian will be on there World According to Jeff Gold bloom high school musical the musical the series <laughs> which is still the worst name ever for a tv show but uh, that is i think it's uh, the best name for that tv show <laughs> yes quite possibly um you've got uh, the new season of clone wars as well as all the old seasons of clone wars that's all on there then coming up later this year one division falcon and winter soldier muppets unscripted series called muppets now uh, you've got um the marvel loki series which is coming next year you've 
got Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, Moon Knight. They're all coming up. There's also the live action Obi-Wan series coming up and the Cast and Endor series, which is, and, and a whole bunch of other things as well. But those are the kind of ones that particularly interest us. So Disney Plus, they announced that they've done a deal with uh, Sky Q. So it is going to be on the Sky Q box at launch. So you'll be able to buy it through your Sky subscription and it will sit like it does as an extra thing like you can buy netflix through sky so it's it's the same thing it's still an extra fee but you can buy it through sky or you can get it directly via the app on apple and android devices chromecast it will be on xbox playstation 4 some of the lg tvs some of the samsung tvs and uh, the rocky boxes you can watch it directly online it is coming to now tv although apparently until not later and i'm not sure why that is because the now tv box is basically a rocky box so i don't know why that's not there at launch if it's on rocky as well but um it costs $5.99 a month $59.99 annually uh if you buy it now you can get it for $49.99 so 50 quid for the first year basically which seems given the amount of stuff on there i think seems like a pretty reasonable deal so long as you like the fact you've got the muppets now and loki on there i'd pay that just for those (laughs) yes oh and i i missed out i skipped over the most one of the most important things for most people 663 episodes of the simpsons so (laughs) but we've all seen them 300 times each at this point yes i know but the the Simpsons is also on there. Thirty years of the Simpsons, which makes me feel horrifically wow. old. Uh, yes, it also worries me that I have probably seen at least six hundred of those episodes and probably a hundred times each, which kind of makes me wonder how many years of my life have been spent watching the Simpsons because it happened to be on. Yes, no, uh, I, I I know what you mean. I haven't seen some of the later seasons, but yes, certainly some of those earlier seasons I've seen many, 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 many times. Uh, so yeah, that takes it from nineteen eighty nine to twenty. 2018. The 2019 stuff is still floating around on Sky and still will continue to float around on Sky. They will still premiere on Sky. They are just going to be coming onto uh, Disney Plus sort of afterwards. So, and the entire back catalogue is on Disney Plus as well. And I think Channel 4 are still running them. So the, the older stuff will be on Channel 4 as well. So it is Simpsons all over the place if you want to go watch that. Moving on to other news, uh, HBO is working on a Last of Us series from the creators of Chernobyl. I mean, it is pretty rare that video games to TV things work, but uh, you've got HBO and uh, Craig Mazden, who is the creator of Chernobyl, behind it. The Last of Us, which was a phenomenal video game. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, Last of Us is set 20 years after a plague decimates civilization, leads survivors clinging to life inside harsh quarantine zones. Uh, well, outside, there were vicious, infected, and ruthless human outlaws roam the land. The main story follows Joel, who is a smuggler who is used to looking out for number one, but when he He's charged with escorting a teenager called Ellie in search of a resistance group called the Fireflies. They find their will to survive pushed to a limit. Craig Mazdin is the man behind Chernobyl. He's going to be exact producing writing it alongside, which is the interesting thing, the original writer and creator director of the original game, Neil Druckerman. So it's going to be the person that wrote the game with a very experienced TV writer, which I, I think 
don't think happens very often. You've got people exact producing from Naughty Dog, who are the people that made the game. You've got HBO involved. It's uh, PlayStation are involved as well, who are also doing this upcoming Uncharted movie. Yeah, I I mean, have you played through The Last of Us? I don't know whether that's one you got to, because I don't know. I know it, but I haven't played it through. Um, but I know a lot of people that speak highly of it, and it's very much something that's billed as the character development and the, the core of the game is the emotional core of the character journey so it is a very story driven uh, emotionally centered kind of narrative which makes sense as something that would translate into a series Um, and I think a lot of the time when we see computer games adapted um, usually into movies rather than series they kind of go for look at cool thing look at cool thing explode yes and there's no real core to them they pick things like you know like doom and resident evil and stuff like that and then play it for kind of like cool and explosions and this is something where the core of it is has always been an emotional one so yeah i think it's a it's possibly something that could go really well and it'll be interesting to see how the writer of the game combined with somebody else reinterpret those ideas and make Mm. something you know whether they're adapting it or making something that's going to go off in a different direction and um yeah how how well that will work out yeah it's really interesting group of people behind it the fact that the original game writer is involved i think he's he's fabulous the fact that he's working with somebody like craig Mazdin who did such a phenomenal job on chernobyl it was an amazing amazing series that the core thing that you're working from uh, the main video game was a brilliant piece of work the sales figures for that game are insane it sold 1.3 million units in the first seven days when it first came out in 2013 as of 2018 it had sold 17 million copies across the original release and the remastered release that's likely to jump up again because last of us 2 is released later this year so when that comes out the fairly good chance that you're going to have people buying the original as well um yeah 29th of may that's due out on ps4 and i'm sure that will sell at a ridiculous level as well so um yeah i mean they've announced that they are working on it don't know when that's likely to land but i'm glad they've gone down the series route with it as well because as you said you know a lot of the movie ones the problem is that firstly they try to compress way too much story into you know because the the problem is that a a game like that you can't compress it down into one film it wouldn't fit so I think the fact that they're um, they're putting this out over a series makes far far more sense. It's going to be an interesting one that see how well they do with it. But the fact that both the original writer and and you know somebody incredibly experienced are involved and it's HBO that that I think is going to be a very very solid series. Um, well, I mean we'll have to wait and see when it comes out, but certainly one to look out for. Um, moving over onto Netflix. Takita Wahiti is directing two new animated series for them. One is based on Charlie and the, or the characters from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, the other one is purely based on the Oompa Loompas. Um, so yeah, he's, I, I think this is probably his first foray into into um, animation. But uh, Takita Wahiti, of course, the person behind Thor Ragnarok, Jojo Rabbit, which incredible movie, Jojo Rabbit. Um, and uh, what we do in the shadows as well. Uh, The idea is that it will be a sort of not a direct adaptation of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It's going to play around with the characters a little bit and expand it a little bit more, but it is going to be based around the sort of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory idea. The the other one is an entirely 
entirely original thing and it's based around the sort of history and background of the Oompa Loompas and I have to say if anybody can do this it's Tikita Wahiti I think um, if anybody can get away with it he seems like the perfect person to be taking those Roldar stories there are a lot of similarities between his kind of wonderful weird strange thought process and the Roldal process i think so i i'm quite intrigued by this and i think it could be really interesting if it's adapting from the books as i'm taking from this description that it probably is then i'd be interested in to see stuff more in the world of charlie and chocolate factory and maybe the great glass elevator as well because there is more material than just the first book they can draw from if they want i don't think i want to see anything more with umpalumpas in though because i've never seen any adaptation of them that i didn't find significantly creepy their backstories also I think what, what, what woke people would use would be the word problematic. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I'm, yeah, I'm entirely curious as to how that will be handled. Um, but I find the idea of something based on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory to be quite interesting. Um, so, yeah. And I think, as you say, he's very whimsical. He's very playful. He has a sense of humor, which I think mixes quite well with Roald Dahl. So I think I will be looking out for the first one more than the, the Impa Loompa bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm, kind of intrigued to see how he handles the whole Oompa Loompa thing because like you say the the entire Oompa Loompa setup is a little bit problematic but I, I'm just, wondering... just, just a little just a little bit it's yeah. like you know a ton <laughs> um, so I, I do wonder how he's going to handle that and if there is going to be a way of of maybe kind of retroactively fitting that so it's less problematic that's going to be intriguing it's so... such a small part of the original I know. narrative that I guess that they've got free reign to do pretty much anything if they just ignore the only bit that's in the book. Yeah, I mean, it's it's part of a licensing agreement that uh, the Roldal Story Company, and which is, is Dahl's family, run by Dahl's family, have with Netflix to adapt a whole string of these things into new animated series. So they're looking to do things like Matilda, the BFG, the Twits, many, many other titles as well. Uh, these are the first ones that they start off with. And I guess guess if you're going to do Roldal, you start off with Jolly and the Chocolate Factory, you know, because it's Jolly and the Chocolate Factory. So um, I'm really intrigued to see where they go with this. Uh, but uh, I think if anybody can pull this off and do it in an interesting and brilliant way, it's going to be Takita Wahiti. But uh, don't know when they're coming. They're obviously animated things, so we could be a few years out before that we see anything of those yet. They're going to be something to look out for when they're coming to Netflix. Over on Network TV on ABC, Gina Torres has uh, landed leading role in ABC's Dracula pilot, which is called The Brides. So this is a, a new take on Dracula, based around the brides rather than Dracula himself. It's described as a vampire soap about empowering immortal women and the things they do to maintain wealth, prestige, legacy in their non-traditional family. Whilst the focus will be on the three brides, Dracula is also part of the story. Gina Torres is set to play Cleo Phillips, leader of the three brides of Dracula. Uh, she's an imperious woman with a queenly manner, which is understandable given she was a queen in her former life who was turned by Dracula after the death of her husband. Now maven of a New York City real estate, Cleo is challenged professionally by a mysterious newcomer, even as her ties to her sisters are dangerously frayed. So uh, Gina Torres, of course, played Jessica Pearson in Suits and the short-lived one-season Pearson spin-off. She's also fondly remembered for playing Zoe in Firefly and has 
popped up in things like Hannibal and Revenge and Westworld and uh, uh, voicing characters in Star Wars Rebels and stuff. It's written by Roberto Aguera, uh, but I can't pronounce his last name, but he's one of the guys behind Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. You'll be very happy to know. <laughs> um, and uh, it's a that, Belanti. That, that's all falling into place now. <laughs> yes, it's a Belanti production. Uh, so, and uh, Maggie Killy, who was also somebody that worked on KTT and in Riverdale, is who is directing the pilot. Um, so it's a Blanty Productions uh, thing with Warner Brothers TV and ABC Studios. Thoughts? Uh, I'm going to retitle this The Real Polyamorous Housewives of Transylvania. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the... This sounds terrible but possibly entertaining yeah uh, yeah I, I know what you mean it's one of those things the fact that they describe it as a vampire soap slightly bothers me at the moment this is only a pilot it's the sort of sillier end of the Balanti stuff in the fact that it's got the people behind Riverdale which I mean is, is that's a ridiculous show and I um, think they need to lead in I think they need to lead in further and make it like what we did in doing the shadows and make yeah. it a fake reality <laughs> TV show about vampires. Maybe, maybe, if, if yeah. they, they go that, if they make it into pastiche and go full on into like it's a parody of reality TV, but it's the polyamorous arguing rich brides. Yes. So I just, I'm just trying not to just sit here laughing at the moment. I, I mean, it could be entertaining. It sounds like that's what they're going for. It doesn't sound like they're going for serious in any way, shape, or form. So maybe it'll work. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch the pilot out of um, morbid curiosity, which is probably an appropriate sentence to say about the undead. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, at the moment it is only a pilot. Uh, it may not go to series. It's been piloted by ABC right now. We should know by May 2020 because that May this year is when you know we'll we'll know what's been picked up and what hasn't. It's usually sort of towards the end of April, start of May. We'll find that out. And uh, lastly. Spitting Image is returning, which will mean something to the older people, will mean nothing to the younger people, probably. So Spitting Image, for those of you who don't know, it was a satirical show. It used um, these wonderful, wonderful caricature puppets, and it was always kind of written the same week that it was performed much like they do with South Park they, they're they very much on the ball of, of sort of taking the mickey out of what is in the news that week it uses caricatures of well back in the day it was people like Margaret Thatcher now you're looking at like puppets of Dominic Cummings of Boris Johnson of uh, Harry and Meghan Bernie Sanders Prince Andrew Vladimir Putin uh, Donald Trump you know all all those sort of people. So um, it's a sort of satirical comedy show using the puppets. Roger Law, who is one of the original co-creators of Spitting Image, is involved in it. So it has got one of the original guys. They are looking for new satirical writers and voice artists to be the people that are voicing them. The only slight downside of this is it's coming to BritBox, which um, is, is one of the streaming services. It's the one that's run by ITV and BBC. It's not not coming to ITV, which is where the original ran. That slightly annoys me, but I'm kind of glad that Spitting Image is coming back. And if there's any time to do it, now is probably the time, I think. I'm kind of glad that it's on something like Britbox, because I wonder if that gives them a bit more Maybe. freedom. 
because spitting image was always pushed what they could get away with. <laughs> yeah, they they really they it, you could see they were ab libbing. They were working each week to put stuff together, and they they were always always pushing what was acceptable and what they could get away with without um, some of the political people that they were parodying sending a hit squad after them. Yes, um, I'm interested to see how that's going to work in this day and age. Um, yeah. Spitting image has not aged well. Some of it has. Uh, yes. Some of it's brilliant. Some of it not so much. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out now because culture and things has, has changed and moved on quite a lot over the past like 20 years. Also, now there is much more of an opportunity for the people they are parodying to reply to them which yes. <laughs> they didn't have before before you put something out on the television you didn't hear from the people you were parodying now they've got Twitter including Trump so um, yes. I, I'm curious to see how that is going to affect things and change things and the fact that there now could be a dialogue coming back at them what effect that's going to have so yeah, I find the puppets utterly terrifying, but I'm intrigued to see what it's going to be like. And I have some fond memories of the original, even though obviously at the start of the run of the original, because it was in the late 80s, I didn't entirely get all the jokes. No, no, I, I, I'm very much the same. Uh, I mean, there are some classic things, particularly the the stuff with uh, Thatcher and her cabinet was sort of quite classic. Uh, you've got the chicken song as well, which uh, with lyrics by Red Dwarfs, Rob Grant and Doug Naylor, which was, was like, three weeks at number one in 86 that that song scarily and there were things like uh, the uh, ronald reagan who was sort of they had a slowly losing his mind on it i mean some people were quite just flattered that the fact that they actually bothered to make a puppet of them other people were were you know, less than happy about their, their <laughs> yes um, and so was their pr teams the yes. fact they're making puppets for this one i think is a really really good sign they did temporarily one of the people yeah. or some of the people behind it did temporarily in 2016 make uh, I've forgotten the name of it it was called Something TV yes um, and it was a 3D animated but definitely animated by the interns if that's not rude to say yeah um, they were very yeah it was not received well by anyone including me um, yes and this returning back to making proper puppets doing the the, the sketches each week in, in um, sort of um, I don't know I guess retaliation to the news is how they might see it I think that has a lot more potential than yeah that little mini not quite spitting image we had a few years ago yeah and I, I think the problem with the animated one was the fact that it's much harder to get the turnaround and I think that was a problem with with the the fact that it was animated was they were trying to keep it topical but you're having to then rush all the animation through so, yeah they needed to do that with mocapping and with other things like that in order to yeah. speed it up and they the the models also just they weren't were good. not yeah. that well put together and well articulated the whole thing felt very budget and rushed and it was kind of a shame because it was billed so much as from the team behind spitting image which meant it had some big shoes to fill yeah. and then that also put a weight of expectation on it which it couldn't live up to either so hopefully this is a return to form and i shall be watching with curious eyes to see exactly how spitting image is going to to work now especially at a time where we already have things like south park and things which are filling a, a, a similar role yes yeah so i mean obviously this is going to be looking far more critically at the uk whereas south park is much more sort of general but mainly the us so i think this this i'm very much looking forward to seeing how like you say they cope with it in this day and age though i i don't particularly want or need brit box 
it's one of those things that whilst this is on, it's five ninety nine a month, and I will probably pay the five ninety nine for a few months just to put this on when it arrives. It's coming in the autumn, so when this this is launched in the autumn, I may pay for BritBox for a little bit just to be able to watch fitting image, which of course is what they're planning. That was the whole point of putting it on there. I'm sure. <laughs> damn you, but, uh, successful marketing. Yes, damn you, successful marketing. But uh, yes, I, I will probably put it on just to give it a go but again this is another thing which is going to be it's an app it's available on you know a whole load of tablets and mobile and you know fire and apple tv and all sorts of other places that is coming to brickbox in the autumn that's the spitting image revival that's all the news we've got for this week let's move on to the highlights for next week on tv Highlights for next week. Uh, not a huge amount of stuff, but but some quite big things coming back. Uh, so first up, we've got Project Blue Book, which returns for its second season to Sci-Fi UK. The first season was, was okay. I mean, it's a bit budget. It's actually, I think, a history channel show. But um, interesting sort of take on a sort of sci-fi drama, but takes some of the historical, actual historical sort of alien abduction stories and things from the original Project Blue Book and turns them into dramas uh, in, in a continuing form. So uh, it's Aidan Gillian and Michael Malarkey are the two stars of it, based on the, the idea of the US's Air Force real-life attempts to disprove the existence of Little Green Men. That was the setup for it. That's on the 12th of March at 9pm. We've got a new show coming to Sky One called Breeders, and that's on 12th of March at 9pm. This is uh, Martin Friedman and Daisy Haggard in a comedy about the trials and tribulations of parenting. It's from Veach, Simon Blackwell, and Chris Addison are the people behind it. I love Daisy Haggard. I love Martin Freeman. I love Chris Addison and Simon Blackwell for Veep. So I'm definitely going to be watching this. It looks very funny from the little bits and pieces I've seen of it. Um, I mean, it's it's much more of a standard kind of comedy setup of a couple of parents dealing with their kids, but it does look like it's very, very funny and well put together. So we're at 12th of March at 9pm on Sky One for that. Belgravia, we have coming to ITV. This is from the people behind Dance Nabby. It's a story of secrets and dishonour amongst upper echelon of uh, London society in the 19th century. So that's on the 15th of March at 9pm. Belgravia arrives. Then we have Westworld returning for season three this is on sky atlantic on the 16th of march at 2 a.m and then it's repeated at like 9 or 10 p.m in that evening very very much looking forward to this coming back have you seen the, any of the trailers for season three yet i haven't i've only seen the first couple of episodes of season one. Ah, oh, you really need I, to catch I, up with I, that i really really don't like westerns and because it's obviously a combination of, of something I very, very, very much like and something that I really never get on board with, the, the narrative pe- like style and the pacing of Westerns I don't like. So I just found it difficult you, to watch need, and I really need to get over that and watch yes, it because it's need obviously to get, very good. You need to get over yourself. It, it doesn't, I mean, <laughs> yeah. the, the first season, yes, the first season does have start off with quite a lot of Western stuff. That does drop away, certainly in the... Uh, you know, towards the end of the first season, definitely in the second season, and is completely gone by the third season, pretty much. So, yeah, I, I need to. It's obviously very much in my area. I could see even just from the few episodes I've watched, it's exceedingly 
well-produced, lovely production values, brilliant actors, well-written. And I was just, I've just spent the last few years going, why have I not watched this yet? Yes, exactly. It is something that you need to sit down and watch. Um, yeah, I, it's the same reason I never finished Firefly. Uh, yeah, you see, you need to finish <laughs> Immediately Firefly. Immediately I'm now fired from yes, everything. Are... All my geek credentials are gone. My YouTube subscribers, my Twitch is all gone. <laughs> Immediately, I've, I've only watched two episodes Firefly. Yeah, I, to, to be to be fair i kind of avoided firefly at first because of that but after watching a couple of episodes fell so completely in love with it i binged my way through it in pretty much one sitting but yes i totally get that because i don't particularly do westerns either but it's so good i mean firefly i i adore and um and i think it's got so many amazing actors in it i i (laughs) i really i should have watched it and people are always i i almost enjoy the fact people are so shocked i haven't watched firefly that i don't necessarily want to take away that that enjoyment by having watched it <laughs> you do need to go and watch the rest of it though and uh, and westworld as well is definitely i really really should have watched westworld it's, yes and i know that i utterly know that and i will sort that out at some point keep nagging me people <laughs> yes uh 16th of march for that though that is back and then uh sunnyside also on the 16th of march at 9 p.m this is Carl Penn's comedy. It only ran for one season. Uh, it's been cancelled already, but uh, it's Carl Penn as a former New York councilman who finds he's calling helping six recent immigrants in search of the American dream. It's uh, called Sunnyside, 16th of March at 9pm on Sky Comedy if you want to go watch that. And that is everything from this week, unless you've got anything else you want to mention. No, I guess just from me, if you'd like to berate me about the fact you <laughs> I haven't seen Firefly and you wish to, to make your displeasure known, then you can find me as Tristabytes on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. I also have four years worth of YouTube content as Tristabytes spelled B-Y-T-E-S because I thought I was being funny and I'm live on Twitch Sundays and Mondays where you can also pop up in chat and uh, berate me about the fact I've not watched Firefly. Yes, and I advise you do that definitely. It is definitely worth doing and uh, go and watch her Twitch stream because it is incredibly funny. For us you can go to geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions and comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye bye really need to get over your fear of um... it's not a fear i just it just i just find the pacing boring and the tropes uninteresting yes but it's westworld and yeah it's, the closest I've got, it's like defiance because defiance has some tropes of yes no uh, it does wild west um but they're they're much less uh that it has well, the, gonna... the tropes and the elements but it doesn't have the the pacing or the narratives if you see what i mean yeah but um, neither, neither does firefly really well the first couple of episodes i watched did they like wander across a desert like to go and like meet some other people and they're practically about to have like a standoff with guns yeah but i mean they do just that on that sci-fi shows <laughs> that's you placing that on it rather than anything else because that's a well no 
what Firefly deliberately was yeah, a Western no, in space. It, it, deliberately was a Western in space. Yes, Don't try to yeah, no, 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 elements no. of Western type narratives. It on is, it. That was the yeah, entire no, intention the, of the theory. It is. <laughs> it is. Yes, I will. I will agree that certainly. It is sti- watch it. Is you're saying? <laughs> certainly, stylistically, there are there are stylistically stuff that is a Western in space. I mean, it was pictured a Western in space, but the stuff about them kind of going across to meet in a desert somewhere I mean you've had things like that on Star Trek you've got to get over that you know <laughs> that's just otherwise I'm fired is that what's happening right yeah, now you, 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 happening? I, I really think you need to watch the rest of Firefly you need to go back and watch the rest of it because it's so brilliantly written and it's not like it's a lot of things to get through either it's like but then I don't get to have these arguments anymore <laughs> yes but you're arguing from a place of lack of knowledge so you know <laughs> I also know I'm wrong. <laughs> yes, and you know you're wrong, so. <laughs> I see, that's where the argument's got to, is it? <laughs> that's where it started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.